And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, guys, gals, and non-binary pals to another episode of All the Above, the show that gives you an unstandardized take on education. I'm Jeffrey Garrett, one of your co-hosts, and I've been a middle and high school principal and a high school social studies teacher, and even though I'm coming to you from my living room, as always, I'm joined by... Manuel Rustin, your favorite teacher's favorite teacher. I'm a high school history teacher. This has been my 16th year in the classroom, and this, of course, is all of the above. And for those of you who normally watch us on YouTube, you will see that we are socially distanced as recommended by the CDC. And I believe, Jeff, last episode, I, I, I said we're about 40 miles apart. I looked into that. It's actually about 25 miles, but that is well above that's, the uh, six foot recommendation um, that's, that from the CDC. That sounds about right. Sounds about right. And, yeah. uh, you know, when, uh, when you turn on the press conference and you see the people at the White House about six inches from one man. another, Manuel, maybe, yeah. maybe we're compensating for them. Yeah, for sure. I don't even bother watching those anymore. Um, but in any case, folks, even though we're not in the normal TV studio, we're going to keep the show rolling. And Jeff, what is on the agenda for today's episode? Well, Manuel, uh, as always, we got a good one for folks. And we know that this is a special time, right? Here we are, 25 miles apart, uh, bringing you great content here on All the Above. And we know that for educators out there, this has been a time where it just seems like everything has perhaps been turned upside down or is on its head in one form or another. And one of the big questions that I know is on people's minds and that we've been talking about even for you and your class is what to do about grades. So as we rush to continue school and you know, distance learning and uh, you know, helping students continue to make progress, how does that translate into grades at the end of the semester? And what are the bigger implications of that on things like college admissions for this year's juniors next fall. So we're going to get into that a little bit and we have a uh, hopefully a familiar face, uh, just a really powerful voice, someone that I know folks have enjoyed seeing here on All the Above before. Uh, joining us today, the great and powerful Leo Glazé uh, to share his perspective on this question as well. Absolutely. Jeff, I think that's important enough that we should just jump right into the seminar, skip the do now for this episode, because grades during this school closure, COVID-19 crisis, that's on the top of people's minds. So let's get right into it with today's seminar. All right, folks, welcome to today's seminar. And as we said, it is our distinct pleasure to be joined by Leo Glazé. You've seen him here before, here on All the Above, um, talking about his work as, uh, dare I say it, a, a radical educator, um, you know, carrying the torch of uh, engaging middle school students with the complex issues of race, power, and privilege in his classroom. And he's back here with us today to unpack a really fascinating and important issue that I know every educator out there is thinking about in one form or another, that being the issue of grades. And grades have, as we have noted here on this show back in episode two uh, of this season, have been forever, perhaps, uh, a topic of great controversy and something where there's been huge inconsistency across the country, across districts, across schools, and heck, a lot of times even right across the hallway uh, with different teachers. But here we are in a totally unprecedented situation with schools across the country closed and the big question on folks' minds what to do 
about grades uh, for the remainder of this semester. So, Leo, welcome back to All the Above. It's great to have you back here with us. Now, Leo, you work at an independent school here in the Los Angeles area, and your school, I know, has been closed for about two weeks now, as many schools across the region and across the country have been. So I'm wondering what kind of guidance or what kind of direction have you been given or are you perhaps even developing yourself or with colleagues around how to attack these issues of grading uh, for the remainder of this semester? Um, it's been an interesting transition and an interesting time in, in our school. Um, we got the notice that we were closing uh, that Thursday, like the, the Wednesday after the NBA shut everything down. And by the following Tuesday, we had to have everything kind of up and running. Um, we met as a staff for a couple of days and we met amongst other teachers and then administration as well, trying to figure out exactly what um, this new landscape would look like. Um, my school is a bit different in the fact that from kindergarten through eighth grade, we don't give letter grades. Now, um, a teacher might give out um, grades or, or numbers or some sort of rubric for an individual assignment. When it comes to a final grade, there is no final grade. We have uh, we write narratives for each student, and then we also have a, a set of benchmarks that we go ahead and assess them on, on a scale of from like one to ten. And even our benchmarks, for the most part, are a bit different. We get to design those ourselves. Um, and so when it comes to our grading, there hasn't been a whole lot of talk regarding that. Um, and then there's also like the idea that equity comes into play and the fact that with our small middle school, we have every kid that's got access to a laptop or to an iPad. And so like we haven't really had to have a lot of great or I guess a lot of great discussion regarding grading and, and that sort of thing. Um, but it does help that our our system for assessing was a bit on the scale that would allow our teaching going to remote. Then I have to really have to come uh, combat that idea or that practice. Yeah, that, that's a really interesting perspective, Leo, because I think, you know, for a lot of educators out there that are used to operating or, or forced to operate within the more traditional grading scale, your kind of, you know, numerical one through four at the elementary level and your perhaps traditional A through F type of scale at the, at the secondary level, um, you know, moving into this world where, uh, you know, we're, we're now... Um, in a space that's maybe more like the space that, that you're used to operating within. I, I'd love to hear a little bit more about, you know, so what does that look like? And what are the ways in which you and your colleagues communicate to kids and families how they're doing and, you know, sort of what kind of progress they're making or maybe not and, and what to do about that? Oh, we really work in a, in a, a pretty natural and, and kind of structured environment in which we keep in contact with, with um, administration, um, along with uh, the teachers and along with the students and, and their parents. Um, and so doing our online platform, and we use a, a lot of Google Suites because that's just kind of where we have our, our contracts set up. Um, they're allowed to kind of access the different assignments that they have. They're able to turn them in remotely. And then they also get feedback on them online as well. And that's something that their parents also have access to um, too. So they can kind of look at the feedback that they're giving in real time um, along with their parents as well. And so that really does kind of help um, offset any issues that might come up further down the road if there happens to be assignments that haven't been turned in or maybe weren't complete um, the way that they would have liked them to have been. Um, we can kind of head off a lot of those different um, obstacles kind of right at the beginning. But again, I'm also in a privileged spot where the fact that I've only got 65 middle schoolers um, and so it's a lot easier to uh, 
kind of put out those kind of small fires or any any types of obstacles before they become anything bigger. Great. Now, uh, Manuel, you also uh, are a current teacher, a high school teacher. Um, and I'm very curious about your experience as well, because uh, your school also closed now almost two weeks ago. And, um, and being a high school teacher, you're at the, the kind of level of the educational spectrum where grades uh, perhaps have the highest stakes that they have in, in you know, a student's K-12 education trajectory where you know, the grades you give are going to go on a transcript that colleges are going to look at. Right. And um, and so the, the pressures are, are certainly felt by kids and families and educators alike. So, Manuel, what kind of um, practices are you employing right now? What kind of guidance or direction have you and your colleagues been given around grading? Yeah, well, it's pretty much a big, complicated bit of a mess, really. And it's not a mess specific to my district. I think this is a mess that a lot of public school districts are are facing. And going back to what Leo was describing, like if if we had those sorts of grading practices in the first place where students were being given this feedback and more narrative style assessment of, of how their learning has has developed over the course of the school year, maybe we wouldn't have as much of a problem right now as we're having uh, in, in our system where everything's about points and percentages and for us, like the, the closure came just as swiftly and unexpectedly as it did for a lot of schools out there. And we didn't have a chance to really have a clear discussion about what the grading practices might look like as we transition to online instruction. So we closed on a Friday and that Monday, teachers came to the school site to grab their stuff and to get um, a, basically a, a day full of assistance and understanding whatever online platforms they didn't already feel comfortable with. And that was pretty much it. So there wasn't really time to get on the same page about grades or anything like that. So more or less, it's been up to each teacher so far. In my school site, I know our principal has told us that um, they are looking for clarity from the district over the course of this, this is now our spring break, um, which is about to start right now. And that when we get back from spring break, we'll have more clear directions about what to do regarding grades. But everything just happened so fast that we were really trying to get through these these last two weeks and just make it to spring break to catch our breaths and, and figure out what's going on. So I know myself and a lot of the teachers that I'm closer to have basically taken this two weeks as, as enrichment, catch up, perhaps a little bit of extra um, credit for those students who are who are willing and able. But this whole pandemic has, has thrown so many people's lives into uh, a bit of a whirlwind. And I can't begin to expect every single student to be able to tap into the online instruction right away like, you know, um, other teachers maybe are thinking. So as far as I'm concerned, the grade book is just like on timeout right now and i'm not doing anything that's going to harm any any student's grade um by any means and i think most of the people in my district at least most of our leadership agree that during this time there shouldn't be anything happening grade wise that's going to hurt a student's grade because our our students are suddenly thrust into the roles of being babysitters or caregivers or, or earners and all these other things and and we can't begin to just expect them to to do the same level of, of school work the way we want them to day by day, like we maybe did before the closures started. Yeah, so Jeff, I know you work with a really large school district, and I'm curious as to what you've seen or heard about how the district is approaching grading during this during this closure. 
Yeah, that is an excellent question to which there is not currently uh, yet at least an excellent answer. And I don't say that to knock um, any of the, the sort of policymakers and folks in positions to uh, to really influence what the policy decision is going to be about this. But that is to say, I think this is actually one of the more complex educational questions that we're trying to address right now. So the reality is the stakes are a little bit different from elementary to middle to high school. And um, I think the most controversial part of the spectrum right now really is about high school uh, about high school students. And so we have, you know, just to give people some some insight into what the layers of that complexity are. We have, you know, high school juniors right now. And many people might argue that this semester's grades are the most important semester's grades of their high school career, right? This is the final set of grades that will go onto the transcript that many of the students submit for their college applications in the fall, particularly if they are uh, submitting, let's say, early decision to a competitive college or, th or that sort of thing. Um, and then, of course, there's just in general the GPA implications uh, of this for folks. For our high school seniors, there are questions about GPA. There are questions about graduation status, period. Um, here in the state of California, in order to graduate with sort of different levels of readiness for college, there's what we call A to G completion, which means all of the, the kind of range of various courses that students are required to complete and pass with a C or better grade in order to demonstrate readiness and eligibility for a Cal State or a University of California campus, right? And so if we did something like, for example, say there are no grades this semester or grades are going to be pass-fail, there are actual state-level and, and university-level policy implications um, that could potentially exclude tons of kids uh, from opportunities or marginalize certain sets of kids into, you know, remedial classes at the college level that come with a whole cascading set of challenges and barriers, depending upon what we decide here. So I think in a lot of ways, what I'm seeing is a, an entertaining of what the issues are from folks, uh, folks in positions of power here um, in Los Angeles. And I think what is, what is going to likely happen um, is that we're going to need both federal and state and then local districts to align on some, on some practices so that whatever we decide doesn't come with sort of unforeseen ripple effects that actually burden uh, you know, students or that, that harm students' ability to continue on the trajectory that they would have otherwise um, been on or to sort of achieve as much as they could achieve, um, you know, given this, this just crazy outlier of a situation in which we find ourselves right now. Yeah, and I think that pretty much points to the larger problems here because I think you have schools that, like what Leo described for, for him and his students, that take grading in a certain uh, narrative approach and then schools that are strictly points based, percentage uh, based and this and that. And now you have in the middle of the existing variance between how different schools and different uh, districts approach grading, you have this this massive pandemic. And I, I agree with you that really the discussion needs to be what district level, state level, federal level 
understanding can we arrive at, at as to what the grades should actually look like for this transcript for this transcript because yeah if one district does pass fail or just no grade an ungraded semester uh, semester but then you have other schools that go ahead and, and do the points and all their kids end up with a's and b's whatever you have all these inequities buried within within that so i think what we really should discuss now maybe is is what should that statewide or, or federal level understanding be like what should the transcripts look like particularly for current juniors and um, graduating seniors like what does this spring semester transcript even look like so maybe we'll start with leo leo for up up to you what would be our approach for transcripts for this semester it's it's a tough one um it is as, as you all are talking about like high school juniors and seniors as a middle school teacher and a career middle school teacher. Like I tend to think about like my eighth graders that are going off to maybe other high schools um, yeah. or other kids that, that have to deal with that as well. And they're going off to high schools now. And that might dictate like if they're going to get into an honors program and therefore an AP, which can now kind of ripple effect into a college further down the line for them. Um, Absolutely. If, if I had my say right now, and, and again, I'd be an expert whatsoever, but I just give the kids A's. Like it's it's the it's the most equitable thing that I can think of that keeps things as level as we possibly can without there having to be a ton of explanation for it. Um, it does make it as simple as we can, and it also kind of addresses the idea that there's a lot of inequity that is um, presented with this pandemic that we're now dealing with. Whether we're talking about students not having access to equipment or Wi-Fi or things of that nature. And then even to make sure, like, even if we put a, an iPad in a kid's hand, um, that still doesn't make the system equitable. I mean, we've tried separate but equal in America, and that didn't work either. Um, and then we also have to talk about the fact that there's inequality that goes along with the teachers as well. And some of them might not have a lot of great bandwidth at their house, or they might not necessarily have iPads or laptops. And I've heard from different teachers that have had those issues kind of going on right now for them. Um, so I think that giving them all A's for their semester um, is probably the best thing that we can do. Um, other than that, like, I, I fear that whatever we come up with um, might not be equitable for all the kids that are involved and have been impacted by this. Yeah, I totally agree. No matter what we come up with, it's not going to be a perfect solution. I mean, we're talking about a problem that was, it was an existing problem before the pandemic hit. And when we talked about grades in a previous episode, I think that was episode two of this season, um, we pretty much arrived at the conclusion that no matter what a teacher's or a school's grading practices are, there are going to be problems, there are going to be drawbacks and, and limitations to it. And this just exacerbates that so much. So I agree with you, all the students should get the same thing. So I'm not against the idea of giving them all A's. That's, that's good with me too. Uh, I was thinking more along the lines of just have it be an ungraded semester, just like a, a, a NG on the transcript, just no grade and give kids credit for those who uh, prior to the school closure showed up most of the days and their attendance records are there. They were there. They were part of that class. Just give them credit for that class. But the thing with that is, of course, everybody would have to do that because if some schools do that and other schools don't, then you have those same inequities that Jeff pointed to pointed to earlier. And for that to happen, for there to be consistency across all different systems, we would need some leadership from the state. I think we could get leadership from the state, but we will also need federal leadership and as of right now, I don't think we could count on Betsy to solve any problem in education, let alone the problem of what transcripts will look like for the semester. So thinking about California specifically, I say 
leadership from the state to all the districts, no grade for the semester, give students course credit for those who who were basically in school and in that uh, class that semester. And also we would need an understanding from the UC system and the Cal California State University system to not, well, basically to disregard this semester and not give any student an advantage who might be at maybe an independent school that decides to go ahead and, and give letter grades. Just disregard the semester so that no one gets a, a unfair advantage for being at a school that decided to do its own thing. So, so that I'm right with you, all A's or, all no grade, all whatever. Every student gets the same thing. Give them the credit and let's move forward to a new school year. Jeff, what do you think? Yeah, I, I am. I think I'm inclined to agree with you both. Uh, the I got a good chuckle there out of the idea that we need federal leadership on this question yeah. right now because, of course, you're correct, and of course, there's a zero percent chance that we get zero percent less than zero if possible. Uh, right, right now, uh, you know, I think, <laughs> I think just yesterday. Uh, Trump said he doesn't believe that uh, they need they need masks in the hospitals in uh, you know in the states. So if that if that's where we are, I feel like equitable grading across the country is not <laughs> high on the list of things that are going to get attention right now. It's not um, even on the list. But that said, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but that said, right? There there actually are like there's a case to be made that this question around grading is of actual like profound importance right now like maybe the most important thing outside of like making sure school lunches get to you know kids and families who are who are hungry right um but uh but because of the just like massive ripple effect that grades have and leo i'm so glad you spoke to the like long-term effects right so the organization i work for we do a lot of work around kind of looking at what indicators show kids are on track and ready for college even early in their educational career. And one of the most important things, right? It, it's, not, it's not like rocket science stuff, right? It's like reading on grade level, coming to school, right? Attendance, and, um, and then your grades, right? Are actually a powerful indicator. And so depending upon how we answer this question, as you know, as you really spoke to, could have this six, seven, you know, or longer year window of impact on a kid's ability to get to the place that that we hope they get to, and that they might otherwise have gotten to had we not had this pandemic. So, um, I, you know, th there are big reasons for us to prioritize this. I think also, you know, we all are educators who work in you know in one of the largest urban areas in the country, right? And so we th we think through this conversation through the lens of urban education, which is certainly very important. But one of the other places where our, the, the inequities baked into our system rears its ugly head right now in a way that is, that is you know, even more pronounced maybe than it was th you know, three weeks ago before we were having this conversation has to do with rural schools and rural areas where we have huge swaths of the country that don't even have high-speed internet access, that literally have dial-up internet access or you know, maybe some kind of satellite dish level internet access that, that is as if they are existing in the you know, mid to late 90s right now, right? Um, from, from that perspective. So even though we're struggling in the, in the urban context of like, how do we get iPads and Chromebooks to all the kids and can we get emergency funding and can Verizon 
and send out hotspots to everyone. Um, we got whole swaths of the country where that's literally like that's not even a question that can be asked because the actual physical infrastructure is not in place to connect those students to the online learning opportunities that we're talking about. So I, I think all of that, you know, combined gives us incredible reason to say the solution we need right now is one that harms no one, right? Or, or at least reduces the harm of whatever outcomes there are around grading to the lowest level as possible. And to me, it sounds like the ideal position on that would probably be something like what you described, Manuel, which is let's just essentially have like a sort of a mulligan on, <laughs> on grading for this semester. Like we're just going to not count it. Um, but I think practically that actually might be a lot more difficult to implement from a policy perspective than doing what you described, Leo, and which uh, several of the more you know, competitive colleges around the country have already taken steps to do this, to say, like, we're going to give everyone, um, you know, just all A's, right? Um, and uh, is to actually issue a grade, but issue a grade that, you know, that essentially acts as like a neutral factor for everyone by saying, you know, it's all A's and we put an asterisk on the transcript and, and you know, hopefully that reduces the harm as much as possible. Um, but this, you know, this is one of those questions where as much as we like to criticize the policymakers, I actually don't envy them because this, this one's a mess, right? And you think about the NCAA, you think about the college board, you think about, um, you know, you think about all of the colleges and universities and employers and car insurance for, you know, for young people, all the things in our society that are attached to GPA that uh, this is going to impact. I mean, it's, it's like giving me a headache just thinking about it here in this conversation right now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, you know what? I'm with Leo, all A's, because that will address the problems, Jeff, that you just mentioned in, in terms of GPA, in terms of, you know, NCA eligibility, all these other things, like just have an A on the transcript. Every student who is experiencing this school closure situation, this global pandemic, which is every student who's, they're all experiencing it in some way or another. If nothing else, that spring semester transcript, all A's for being part of this global experience. And, you know, let's just move on. So, I, I agree. All A's that'll neutralize any kind of benefit that somebody might get, any kind of unfair benefit that somebody might get for being at a school where their grading was different than this other school on the other side of the country. I'm with it. All A's. Yeah, we declare it. And, and independent schools don't necessarily have to go by any federal or state mandates either. So, like, that could further yeah. give independent schools like my own an upper hand on giving kids actual grades. Um, yeah rather than uh, a no grade or leaving the grades at where they were before the pandemic hit and we shut everything down. Um, independent schools have enough of an advantage in a lot of ways. And that's probably another one that we don't need. Nah, absolutely. I'm with you. All A's. And uh, I don't know, we could sell it to the conservatives. Just an A for America. Who could, who could be against that? That's how we package it to those right-wing folks out there that, that think this is just a, a giveaway, a handout those students who didn't work that's hard right. during the pandemic affirmative affirmative action on steroids on man. steroids well, that's but, what that's what this is yes if business of america our kids can get a couple of a's hey that's facts right there man we're tossing all hey, this money they, towards they wall street hard. let's toss they, some grades they to worked students. hard for that corporate welfare <laughs> yeah yeah they, they, they open up for a rainy day i guess 
guess not. They should have pulled on them bootstraps, but I guess they don't have to because they could just get bailouts when they trip. Whatever. That's another show. That's another podcast. But, uh, man. I want to be there for that one, too. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Um, all right, folks. So what do y'all think? So we here, I think we've reached a consensus. Um, us three believe that all students should be given an A for their classes and class credit for this semester for just having this this tremendously traumatic experience that they are having to having to exist through. And of course, all the inherent inequities that come with trying to figure out what anybody's grade should be. Let's just let them have all A's and let's start next school year off fresh. So what do y'all think? Let us know. Drop a comment. And um, let us know if, if you're at a school right now where that has already been decided, because I would love to hear if there's a school out there that has already said, boom, all A's for our students. All right, Jeff, what's the likelihood that this is going to happen? Any kind of consensus about oh, grades for this pandemic? Well, I think there's a there's a almost certainty that there will be some policy decision because there are too many things that if we just allowed for a district by district approach, um, there would be real harm done to, you know, huge swaths of kids uh, across the country. Yeah. And and where if, even if we had a just purely state by state approach, there would be massive uh, issues kind of baked into this, the, the system there that uh, I think would be politically untenable for folks. Um, you know, maybe we get to a place where states make different decisions and then the, the sort of college admissions level and the you know, college board level of things, the national organizations essentially agree to like hold everyone harmless regardless of what your state decides. Like I can see that type of thing, but um, you know, we're even at a situation, think about this for a second, all grades aside, we're even at a situation where most states have um, in their ed code or in state law, requirements around what has to be done in order to earn a credit at all, like in addition to your grade, right? And usually those attach to seat time. So, yeah. you know, what does seat time even mean uh, <laughs> when, you know, kids are uh, zooming in to a class lecture on their couch or, you know, sitting on their front stoop or whatever, right? So, um, you know, these are questions that are going to have to be answered one way or another. And uh, so, so I think there's a certainty around that. There's a whole host of uncertainty around like exactly where it's going to come to rest. But I think, I think what we've talked about here is at least, you know, the least bad option that, that I can think of right now. And, um, you know, in terms of, of how we resolve this. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Leo, what do you think? Is this, this going to happen? We're going to get all A's this semester? I would love to see it happen. Um, at, at the very least, I'd love to see it in our state and maybe have a shot at it happening, but federally, um, yeah. Normally the stuff that, that should happen normally doesn't, so I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, I'm with you on that. All right, folks, so that about does it for today's seminar. Again, let us know what you think. What should the transcripts look like for the semester? And what has your school said? Especially if you're at a school that's already said, give all the kids A's. We want to hear from you. So definitely hit us up. All right. Up next is our class dismissed. All right, folks, now it's time for class dismissed, where we like to shout out people doing great things in the world of education. And today's class dismissed is a, a, a truly bittersweet one. Um, Jeff, talk to us. Yeah, man. Well, well, um, 
you know, this, this period of time since the school shutdowns across the country and, the, you know, really the shutting down of many parts of America in response to the COVID-19 pandemic has certainly been disruptive to schools uh, in a way that I, I think it's fair to say is, is completely unprecedented um, in our, our nation's history. And this week we got some, some really sad news that, um, as far as we know, at least the first uh, principal, first school principal uh, to succumb to the, the symptoms of COVID-19 uh, happened in New York City. Uh, the principal was named uh, Desan Romaine. She was the principal of the Brooklyn Democracy Academy. Uh, Brooklyn Democracy Academy, for those outside of New York, uh, should know is a, a transfer school, which means it serves high school students, but, but primarily students who have transferred into this school as kind of a, a second chance opportunity or an opportunity to you know, still earn their high school diploma um, when maybe things didn't quite work out uh, as they'd hoped at, at another school or even previous schools. So this is a school that um, you know, really fills a special position in a school system, working with uh, many of the, the most marginalized students in our system. And uh, transfer schools are often smaller than other high schools and very close-knit communities. And so uh, as, a, as a person who spent uh, you know, the bulk of my career working uh, in New York City, um, you know, it, it, this, this hit really close to home. And um, to know that uh, her school community and the community of Brownsville um, and the larger borough of Brooklyn and, and New York City Department of Education are feeling the reverberation of this loss um, this week is just um, a, a painful moment to recognize um, you know, what's, what's really at stake. And in as much as the, the implications of this shutdown are disruptive on everyone's lives, it is our lives uh, in this equation that, that are what's most important. And so we want to give a, uh, just a, a warm and strong salute to Principal Desan Romain uh, from Brooklyn Democracy Academy and our heartfelt uh, thoughts and prayers for the students and adults and families that are part of that that school community. Yes, definitely. Um, shout out and salute to Principal Romaine. Very, very, very tragic story. And Jeff, it reminds me of something that you mentioned in our previous episode. We we had we were discussing whether or not the school year should continue. Period. And um, something that you brought up was that. There isn't enough discussion happening right now in the world of education relative to preparing educators for the reality that's that's about to hit and has already hit in many cases, um, this reality of this pandemic and the fact that we are going to be experiencing massive death. We're going to be losing students. We're going to be losing colleagues. And this is a discussion that isn't really happening right now in terms of preparing for that for that reality. As we record this, um, the nationwide death toll has surpassed 1,500. And last weekend when we were when we were talking, it was around two or 300. And this is just something that that's going to be close to home for for a lot of people. So Principal Romaine, shout out to you, salute. And um, yeah, man, we got to we got to figure out how we are together going to get through this and be there for our students and be there for our colleagues 
as this school year winds up and um, next school year begins. Yeah. Yep. All right, folks. So that does it for this episode of All of the Above. As always, you can catch all of our episodes at our website, aotashow.com, and on YouTube at youtube.com slash all of the above. We'll check you out next time.